Yo, everybody, welcome back to the Manga Sensei Podcast. I'm your host, John Sensei, and today, like every day, I'm breaking down the world's most epic language by talking to the experts in the language and people who are actually using it in their everyday life. Today, I have actually one of the people who have helped build Manga Sensei from the ground up from almost, almost day one, and this is my friend Kyle, Kyle Johnson. Say hi, Kyle. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Please <laughs> Kyle is a whiz at Japanese. He's worked in Japan at a school. He's taught in, he's taught in Japan. He's been over there a couple of times. He's been a teacher in America and in Japan. And he's he's got a lot of really good voice. The one of the reasons we actually brought him on was because of his knowledge and his dedication to things. So I'm really happy to have someone from the Manga State podcast that we I know personally as a friend and someone that I think will help everybody improve their Japanese. But Kyle, why don't you kind of give a little more full introduction about yourself, who you are, what, why you're here, and why you should they should listen to you. Well, sucks now. I'm blushing, Johnny. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so uh, my name's Kyle. I'm originally from Colorado. Uh, I guess I'm from Arizona, but I'm from Haley, from Colorado, going to school. Um, I have my experience in Japan. I spent a little about two years, a uh, little under two years, as a missionary um, where I got my, my rundown in Japanese. And then I came back and liked it so much, I started studying it for, for college. And uh, I've been back once so far for about three months. Um, I was uh, in an English um, teaching school up in Niigata, if you ever heard of that place. It's very much um, the countryside. Yeah. But uh, I liked it a lot and got to meet some really cool people. And if all goes well, I'll be going back in April for another year or two, or and I'll be going back as the principal. That's right. You'd be a whole principal. How how does that feel? So I, I don't know what my so the guy the person running the school is one of my professors at BYU at um, Brigham Young University where I'm attending right now. Um, I don't he he told me he wanted me to go back to the principal. I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if I have the, I exactly have an administration resume going for me. But uh, he's, we're going to work on the next semester. He's going to train me up in a lot. And uh, I'll get to work, work with him and the other, uh, what are they called? Like the, uh, the committee that runs the school. I'll be working with them a lot to right, help improve right. it and try to get this program out and uh, helping people in Japan learn English. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's been interesting. What do, you, what do you think has been harder, teaching people Japanese or teaching people English from Japanese? Um... I think it kind of depends on the situation because, you know, um, I've taught English as a volunteer for a long time. Uh-huh. But when I first did that, I didn't have any experience and didn't really know what was going on. Um, right. And now I've had a, a lot more formal training on how to teach English and, and Japanese as well. Um, I think it's. I think the harder. I think the question more is, it's, where is it? Where is it difficult to teach? Because if you're teaching Japanese in America, it's difficult because like the students don't have a chance to get immersed in it. They don't have a chance to dive into it. Right. Um, and same thing in Japan. If you don't have like an English immersion environment, it's difficult to really pick up on it. Uh-huh. Um, but I've definitely seen more. I've seen a, in, when I was at the English school, we, it was more of an immersive program where we tried to get them to speak English as much as they could. And we saw huge leaps and bounds with some of the students. Some of them were, they could actually understand my jokes by the end of the time. And I was like stoked. So it's nice. a huge step in, in any pedagogy um, experience. Right, right. Because when I've taught, because I've taught like you know beginning levels and more advanced levels in like different universities, yeah. and I found like I don't know, I feel like it's so much 
harder to teach my native language at times just because I haven't, you know, studied it and had to learn it. So I don't yeah. know like the mistakes that you made. I mean, I was a baby. But with yeah. Japanese, like when I would teach people Japanese, like I'd been there. I had, I have had that question. I understand what this, why this doesn't make sense. I, I, I get where people are coming from. So I think sometimes it's kind of backwards for me to try to teach people English sometimes. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely teach me there. Um, yeah, people, some of the students, they ask me questions about like, why is it this way? Or why is it this way? And like, like I said, I don't know. I just, I speak English. It's just what I do. Right. And so in order to figure that out, I have to go look it up. And so in that sense, yeah, it's, it's easier to teach Japanese because I know the grammatical, um, a lot more of the grammatical intricacies and like why things are the way they are. And, right. Um, because I've had to learn it the, kind of the hard way. Um, I didn't get the free ticket of learning it growing up. Right. Um, so yeah, in that sense, probably teaching Japanese is easier. But as far as getting people up to my to a more advanced level, I think my English, my ability to do that with English is better because I can just, I can kind of lead them in the right direction to help them to get better at English conversation and whatnot. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. So when you first started learning Japanese, what was the biggest hang, what was the biggest hang up for you when you were first starting? Well, um, to give you a little bit of background to that real quick, um, just to get, kind of understand, help you guys understand where I'm, where my Japanese journey started from. I first really gained interest in Japan when I was probably like six, five or six. Right. But I didn't study any Japanese until I was probably 12. What got you into it? Was it Pokemon to, or what? Honestly, I have no idea what got me into it. I just I remember my earliest memory um, involving J Japan at all was I got a Pokemon card when I was four, which I didn't realize it was connected at that time. When I was six years old, I remember wanting to be a sumo wrestler professionally. That was like my dream. That was your dream? When I was six years old. You're, you're no not, idea you're not doing very good on that uh, that road there, Kyle. You need to pick it up. I Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm missing a few pounds probably <laughs> <good>. <laughs> in this case. Um, but yeah, um, that, I don't know why I just, my, my friends and I, I thought Japan was cool. And like my, one of my friends was like, yeah, I'm going to be a ninja. And the other friends, I'll be a samurai. I was like, you know what? I'll be a sumo wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing. But, um, I started, I, my parents for Christmas got me this, um, language learning program called immersion uh -huh. when I was like 14 or something like that. Um, and I actually used it for a while, but I didn't really learn to speak. I learned, but I learned how to pronounce stuff, pronounce stuff. All right. Um, and I learned some vocabulary and I learned more of the hiragana, katakana, you know, the, the syllabaries. Yeah. But I didn't really, and then I took, when I got to college my first year, I'd always had a dream of learning a lot of languages, but I was like, you know what, if I can learn Japanese, I can learn any language. So I figured I'd start there. And so I got to college, started taking Japanese one and one or two, and I like sucked at it. <laughs> uh, to be honest. Like uh, the learning system they have at um, Brigham University, based off a system they have at Yale. Um, right. It's called uh, perform the performed culture approach to learning languages, which right. I am a teaching assistant to that process now. Um, but they, it requires a lot of memorization, like trying to learn how the natives act in certain situations. And at that point in time, I was like, can't we just like try talking? Can't we just like chat, try to figure it out? And at the time, I hated it, but now I understand the reasons behind it and the theory. Right. Um, so my, probably my first obstacle was just not being able to express myself in Japanese because, uh, even if I tried to say things the way I would in English, the natives don't understand it because it's different concepts, different cultural backgrounds. Right. So I had to figure that out over time. Right. When I was, when I was first learning, I, I hated, I was living in this area in Japan where I could, I couldn't, it was, it was a mix between, you know, Tokyo Japanese and a little more Kansai of an area. 
And yeah. so it was kind of, you know, it's what majitiru, it's what kind of mixed. And yeah, yeah. so I, there was a lot of things I couldn't understand. I couldn't even understand where I would find the meaning of those words. And yeah. so I would try to speak to them and I wasn't very good at speaking. I could figure a, a sentence out in my head, but by the time I had it, you know, I couldn't get it out. Yeah. And I remember them saying like, turning to one of the guys I was working with and they'd be like, oh, well, he doesn't understand, does he? And I was, and that just like, ah, killed me. Right? I yeah. hated, I hated it so much. And I could, I hated not understanding so much that I was, yeah. that's what really drove me to like, really push on my Japanese, become good at it. Cause I didn't want to, okay. I wanted to be understood and I wanted to understand what they were saying. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. for me, like when I, for me, it was a little bit the opposite. Actually, when I got there, not understanding was a, was a huge motivator. Like a, it was, it was, for me, it was like a puzzle. Uh huh. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I would hear people say things and I would try to write them down, um, as much as I could to try to figure out what was going on. But I, so often I, I'd look, I'd look up the words I had written down and they were wrong. Like it didn't exist. So I couldn't figure, <laughs> I was writing down words that I thought I heard, but I just couldn't understand. I couldn't, you know, keep started. It's, uh, my listening wasn't up. Right. But like, I always was really interested and I want to learn more. So that really drove me to like work hard and communicate with people. Right. Um, and one of my strengths early on was I got pretty good at, even if I couldn't say it, if I didn't know how to say something, I got pretty good at expressing and getting my point across, even if it wasn't like the correct way. Mm-hmm. So I got pretty good at, at least early on, I got pretty good at communicating what I was trying to say. But again, it would, you could say it was kind of an, an abominable way. It wasn't like the way the natives would say it. They probably would, may not even understand it sometimes. So how did you, how did you bridge that gap? For someone that, say, has a rudimentary understanding of Japanese, they understand some of the grammar, they have a feeling yeah. of how it works, but they're still using maybe their charisma or maybe using just basic communication, a lot of mannerisms to get their point across. How do you bridge that gap between there and then actually having um, an intelligent conversation? How, how do you bridge that gap? Well, so by intelligent conversation, you're meaning like... Meaning that like if I have a thought, I can tell you what that thought is, and then when you resp- res- give me a response, I can understand what your response is. Oh, okay. Um, things I've done are to try to study and learn harder words uh-huh. um, that actually have some kind of meaning. <laughs> If, you know, you can you can chat about the weather all day in Japanese, and you're not going to get anywhere as far as like you know the the secrets of the universe or whatever it is that right. talk about these. Um, but you know, finding things that interest you that are more to that level, uh-huh. and find and then talking to people about them, and eventually you know you learn. Even if it's not right away, you start to pick up on like the ways that people say stuff and like the way that they um, express certain concepts or certain feelings, and then you can continue that you can learn to convey that from your from your side as well right right so when you were when you were did you ever hit a point where you felt like your japanese not peaked but you could there was a point where japanese wasn't strange maybe you were like on a train and you like understood a conversation that you didn't recognize that you understood or did you ever have like a point where like i got this and what and if you did what was that point for you um you know i've gone back and forth a lot on that (laughs) Um, there have been, you've probably experienced this too, where like, um, you feel like you understand everything in your environment and then all of a sudden, and so you're feeling really good and then a new situation pops up and you're like, I have no idea what they're saying. Yeah. Um, but probably about 
so when I first got to Japan, you know, I didn't understand anything. Probably about a year in of living in Japan and like talking to Japanese people like pretty much every day, um, I felt a lot more comfortable. I felt like even if I didn't know what they were talking about, I knew kind of the flow of what was being said. Gotcha. Um, and so that was probably a good turning point. As a result of that, I got, I honestly, I probably got a little bit more lazy with studying because I felt like I was doing well. Uh-huh. But then I realized more as I went on, I realized, okay, I'm not doing so. I need to keep working on it. I need to keep learning to understand, learning to learn what people are saying, learning different things, um, learning about things so I can actually talk about them and connect with people. Um, so, mm-hmm. but probably about a year in of being really immersed in it, I felt pretty good. And then I feel like I've learned a lot more since then and can expanded my horizons in that sense. So if you were to, like, for example, right now, suddenly your Japanese just, poof, suddenly disappeared. You lost all your Japanese. What would you do to get your Japanese back? How would you you start studying if you had to restart, knowing what you know about Japanese grammar now? I would... If assuming like you know, assuming financials and like financial uh, problems weren't a problem, uh-huh. I'd probably just pack up and move to Japan. <laughs> really? Um, and try to find some friends or roommates or something like that to live with, and get a either go to, like a language school or try to get a job. If I didn't speak any Japanese, I can't really get a job in that sense. Right. In that case, but uh, I'd probably just pack up and go back to try to jump back into it as much as I could. Um, I would. Definitely try reading as well. Get back into Hiragana Katakana as a kanji, and but you know, take it maybe like ten a day or something like that, uh-huh. and just try to get back to speaking because like that's the best way to learn. Um, you know, there's it's important to speak in a way that makes natives feel comfortable, especially right. like Asian. In general, Asian cultures, there's a way you act. Right. Um, they're more homogenous cultures in general, and tend to not be as, not that not they're trying to be um, exclusive, but, um, sorry, got a call. Um, you're good, you're good. but they, um, if you don't express things in a certain way, they don't quite get the feeling because like they're so used to their culture. Right. And so I would just, I think the best way is just dive in and try to speak, try to figure out what people, how people are saying things that they want to say and then do you know copy them as much as you can put your own twist on it experiment with things see what they understand what they don't understand and get feedback as much as you can would there be a particular way that you would study at all or aside from going to japan you say you do about 10 kanji a day would you focus on would you focus on certain things first or what would you focus on um i would probably do oh man going back to ground zero something that far back right um i would probably to start i'd probably study basic words and then the grammar how the grammar works so that I could try to put together what I want what I'm trying to communicate first be my first step be get like the, ba- the basic building blocks for like basic really basic communication right right yeah do you learn best thematically like you know going to the store and then you know going to going shopping and then blah 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 or do you learn better just being able to take the puzzle pieces and then putting them together that was a really good question. Um, I think for me, it. I, I think for me personally, I probably have to understand how things work. Uh huh. Um, so probably the kind of the puzzle pieces a little bit. Um, 
so when I first started learning, once I, so I, like I told you, I took a year before I left for Japan um, at, at my university, but I didn't really get it. I didn't really like it and understand what was going on. Uh-huh. When I went to the language training center for you know the for the uh, for my mission where they 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 throw you in there and they it's called the missionary training center they teach you how to be a, a proselyte be a missionary and they also teach you if you're going to a different country the language right once they once I, they they have a system there where they just basically try to cram you with um, everything you would need to say right off the bat. Uh-huh. teach you how to say it in Japanese as well as how to like conjugate and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And so once they put it, once they explain the system that, once they explain the um, Japanese in the system they had there, all of a sudden start, things started clicking for me. Gotcha. And I started understanding what the particles actually meant. Things my professors had tried to, to, to explain that I just didn't understand started to kind of fall into place and it just a bunch of light bulbs went off a few like you know um neurons connected and i started understanding what was going on right the language that makes sense so yeah makes sense all right wonderful so at this point right here what we're going to do is transition now to speaking japanese if you're new to this podcast how we do our saturday podcast is for the first half we speak in english and the second half we speak in japanese um if you are just beginning japanese this may be a little over your head however um, it's a good opportunity for you to be able to hear some people who've used Japanese for a long time, use some different grammar points, and some vocab that may be unfamiliar with. If you are a more advanced speaker, this is a great opportunity to either improve your Japanese by listening or to simply spot the mistakes because we're undoubtedly going to make mistakes. I'm not trying to do a podcast that just shows how wonderful I am. Even though I'm pretty fantastic, it's it's good, I think, to be able to put yourself out there and allow pe- and allow yourself to think, how would you say that and develop those brain exercises for you. So we're going to skip into Japanese now. Um, so every little I do recommend listening to this part. It's been very, very helpful and very popular so far. あ、それで書いてる。あの、今のところで日本の一番好きな名所はどこでしょうか。あ、そうそう、なんかちょっと片付けてしまったんですけど。いいですよ、大丈夫、大丈夫、大丈夫。あの、日本の一番好きな名所
まあ、どっちかというと金,なんか金額の方が綺麗んですけど金額の方は人があんまりなくてちょっと静かでした<笑>そうでしょそうでしょなんか静寂もちょっとあって結,結構良かったんですよ、うん、僕はなんか金閣中がいいなんだけどなんかあまりなんか金閣中に行ってああいいんじゃないと思ったなんかどこでも行ってもいいんじゃないと思いましたが、うん、今のところで銀閣寺の方が好きかな僕,僕的にねあの、うん、銀閣寺の伝統的に古町並みなんか古並町とかすごく日本の伝統的なところなと思って、うん、ああ京都いいねいいね、京都。あのに、日本のなんか一体になんかほとんど訪問したことありますかあるんだよ。あのなの、えー、普通になんか僕は敬語を使って、なんか今友達からに話してるから敬語を使う必要がないんだ。<笑><笑>まあまあまあ。まあ、えー、東北にはあまり行ってこないんだけど、はい。えー、まあ、ほとんどは東京と、東京と新潟に。あとは千葉県にいたんですけど、京都、兵庫県、京都府、兵庫県、はいはい、あとは、まあ、福岡、福岡にも行くことある,ありますね。なるほど、なるほど。うん、それでもう一度のなんか言語的なことになんか向かっていきたいです、向かってなんか話したいですけど、はい、あの日本語を習っ,た習っていった間に、あの間違いとか面白い話がありますか間違い話とかありますありますかはいあります、はい、何の話まあやっぱりなんかふその日本語を始めて、まあ、初めてじゃないんだけど、えー、なんか伝道っていうことに出たんですねそう復興活動ですね復興活動を行っておりましたが、はいえー、それでなんかいろいろなんかイエス・キリストの話とかを、えー、分かち合いたいといけないんじゃないですかそうですで、その、一回、なんか同じ、同じ LA で働いている新教師と一緒なんか練習、そう,そういうなんか分かち合い練習をしてたんですね。はいはい。話をされるようにしてて、はいはい、この話の中で、イエスキリストが、なんか、いくつかの魚と、なんかパンを持って、持って、ちぎるんじゃないですか、はい。そうそうそう。で、みんなに分けて、はい。か5000人食べさせたんですね。そう、人なんか人たちが多くて、そういう話だ。そう、大勢いて、その、えー、なんか、たぶん、たぶんあげたんですね。はいはい。でも、その、それを採用、なんか言おうとしたときは、そのイエスキリストが5000人をなんか食べさせたという代わりに、イエスキリストが5000人を食べたと言っちゃったんです何だよそれそれは進撃の巨人、進撃の巨人か<笑>そう、そんな感じですね。あとはもう一つあったのは、はいまあ、霊的という言葉ありますね、霊的。そう。でも霊的という意味は、なんか、まあ、キリスト教の中で、えー、精霊、なんかイエスキリスト、イエスキリストとか神様の霊を感じることですね。彼らの愛を感じるという、そうそうそう,そう。ことなんですけど、まあ、わかる人もいらっしゃるかもしれません、かもしれませんが、えー、でも、なんか、聖なるっていう言葉あるんじゃないですか。そう、なんか聖書とか、なんか聖な,聖なるとか、そういうなんか、それもなんか霊的なものじゃないです。そう。そうそうそうで、なんか、ちょっと間違って、霊的の代わりに聖的と言ってたんですね。<笑>それあるんだよ。本当になんか、なんか霊,霊的が、それ聖的がどれ、どれが使うのかって、なんか、なんか聖書の聖を使い敵をつなげて使おうとして,してなのに
なんでこのなんか性的はそういう性じゃなくて他の感じだとみんながちょっと笑っちゃったかもなそうでもそれ言っちゃってその私のトレーナーその,その相手の選挙手がすごいなんか笑,い笑い出して結構恥ずかしかったんですね<笑>ああめん大変大変<笑>どうみんながあるんじゃないそれだあります絶対絶対あるどうやってすすいなんかももしもしかしてカリくんが恥ずかしかったの？あまあちょっと恥ずかしかったかもしかもしれないけどなんかよくしてる人だったのであまりそんなに気にしなかったんですね。なるほど。僕僕をなんか日本語をはじ習って初めて時あのすごく恥ずかしくなったんですよ。いいつも間違い間違いあったらもし僕は本当にダメな人間だなと思ってあの。間違いしないようによく努力したんですよ。で、あの、多分日本に住んでたの、まあ、6ヶ月、8ヶ月あなんかところで、間違いを通して進歩するんじゃないですか。ですから、間違いがあったら、それを解決して、もっとより良いになるんじゃないですか。ですから、そういう形で間違いを通して、もし、ペリペリになるために間違いが必要だったら、もう早くできる限り、そういう間違いをできて、すっごい早く進歩できるんじゃないと思って、それからそういう考え方を、なんか、そういう考え方とか、立場が変わったから、気にし、気にしらずに、いきな、いきなりじゃなくてっていうわけですが、なんか、もっとスムーズにもっと自信がある話,話自信があるところで話し合ったんですけどそれがすなんか自分的にすごくいるなと思ってカエル君次何か経験があったのへえまあまあジョニーが言,わ言,なんか言った通りなれなんか何,のこ何かのことをマスターするにはえー、1万個の間違いを犯さないといけないんじゃないですか。そう。なんか自分がそれをなんかどうしかというとなんか、まあ、恥ずかしがる人も結構いると思うんだけど特に言語を習うときはね。そう。でも自分がそれをなんかエンブレイスして、はい、そのできるだけ間違,なんか間違いをしようとしたわけじゃないけどそうですなんか間,違間違いをしてもそれをなんかその何が間違,間,違間違っているところを気づいて、えー、できるだけ改善しようと決めたなんか決心したんですね。そうだな。そうだな。うん、その通りと思うよ。もし人がなんか間違いしないように努力すれば、やっぱり間違い知らず、間違いしないと、やっぱり改善もしない。もしすごく楽な日本語だけで扱い、なんか分からない文法とか、よはっきりと変われないなんか単語とか使わ,、うん、使わなかったらもう進歩できないし。でしょそう。まあ僕、友達の中である名前は言わないんだけど、はい、そういうなんかそう、完璧な、本当になんか完璧な日本語を使わない限り、日本語を話さ、はい、なかったんですね、はい。で、その人があまり結構、まあ、日本語のことは分からないんですけど、OCD、はい、OCD って言ったんですね。はいでその完璧な日本語を使わなかったので、結局何も言わないままで、まあ、ちょっと育てたんですね。なんか誰かと話している間。はい。で、それがあまり進歩しなかったんですね
、やっぱり大変勇気を出して何かを言,なんか言わないといけないんですね。なるほど。それで今、カエル君があのあの300なんか大学の300レベルぐらいを知ってるんじゃないですか、今,と今のところで。はい、そうですね。あの日本,日本語がなんか中級レベルが中級レベルぐらいあの大学生とかあの日本語を習,習っている方があの間違いはどあのい多分一番を貸してしま,いしまっているあの間違いは何だと思いますうんまあ一つを一つを選,選んでくださいという一つに言われるとなんかちょっと。そうだけを考えないなんか思い出せないんですけど、はいはいまあ、例えばですね、なんか、形容詞あるんじゃないですか、形容詞とかあるんじゃないですか、うん、なんか新しいとか、はいはいはいえー、新しい、まあ、いろいろありました、良いとか、そうで、その中級のレベルの人は結構、感してしまうのは、なんか、新しいに何かをしたいとか、新しくの代わりにですね、はいはいはい、その、通常詞を使わない。使わなくてもいいところに女子入れたり、とは活用しないことですね。はい、そうですね。それちょっと気をつけないと。そう。コンキアンとそれさ。では、あのたこれは多分なんか最後の方です。最後の方かもしれんだけどさ、はい、あのもし今のところで日本語のライタイ人がいて、はい、よく日本語わからないわからなくて、あの。うんでもすごく習いたい気持ちがあってすごくあの熱心に日本語の習いたいも気持ちもあってしかも日本,日本人の友達もいてそういう人のためにどういう条件があるなの何のアドバイスがあるなの、まあ、好きなことなんか日本語で調べてなんかどうやってそれについて話すかをちゃんと覚えて、で、なんかそれを話そうとしないといけないと思います。うん、いいね。例えば、まあ、これ、例えばなんですけど、科学が好きだから、はい。どうしたらね、自分も科学好きなんですけど、え、自生流体と言ったらわかりますわからん。え、自生、自生っていうのは、えー、磁石のことですね。あ,あ、そうか。なんか、自生、まあ、うまく説明できないかもしれないけど。<笑>まあ、で、磁性がその磁石の影響ですね。はい。で、あとは、流体というのは何かの液、液のことですね。はい。で、自分がそ,なんかそれに、映像でもなんかすごい興味を持って、で、調べたんですね。はい。それから、剣奪、なんかその、単語を覚えてきて、剣奪させるとか、はい。あの、粒子とか、はい。いろいろそれを学ぶことができて、で、今のところは、その、なんか、他の、他の科学に,科学に興味を持っている人にそれを話すことにするようになりました。なるほど。なるほどま、まあ、漫画とかでも、漫画とかアニメとかでもいいかもしれないんですけど。それもいいんじゃない、うん、そう、好きなこなんか日本語の好きなことを集中して、それをそういうなんかメディアムを通して、そういうことを通して日本語を習えばいいんじゃないと。それがいいアドバイスですね。うん、すねありがとう,そう好きな。好きなことを勉強して、えーまあ、それをなんか。できるできるできるだけ勉強したらいいと思います。はい。はい。それで、皆さん、今日、ここのポッドキャストを聞いてくれてありがとうございます。
もしこのポッドキャストに対して質問があったらぜひ漫画先生のウェブサイトに行ってインフォのために押してそれから僕と直接に送れてくださいそして明日毎日の日曜日なんかライブストリームもあります明日のマウンテンタユタのマウンテンタイム2時ぐらい12時ぐらいです12時ですね午後の12時でもうライブストリームはありますですから皆さんお聞きくださいそれ,にそれがあれば僕は直接質問を全部お答えしますそれであの最後にあのもしあのカエル・ジョンソン君に連絡先が欲しかったらそこにあのメールしてくださいカエル君最後の言いたいことがありますか I will link to your Instagram or whatever you would like to、uh, feel like to get in contact with you. To,、uh, Kyle will be in Japan for the next little bit, but、um, after, he's a great resource and a very smart guy with Japanese, despite yeah, our yeah, tired yeah.、Um, conversations after taking long tests today. <laughs> Yeah, that was, a fun, that was a fun final today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those of you who、uh, are not familiar, both Kyle and I are still in school. Un- most people don't quite recognize, and we had final examinations today, and it was,、uh, it was exciting. <laughs>、oh, yeah. Blast. Just a blast. Too much fun. Yeah, yeah. But、uh, with that, I will <laughs> sign off, Minasan. And、uh, I will catch you tomorrow during our live stream on Facebook, on Instagram, and here on Spreaker. Or whatever, web, or if you're using iTunes, you can make sure to catch that afterwards. With, I will be talking about mostly answering your questions that I've received through the week and introducing how to hack your Japanese language ability. So if you're interested in that, make sure you check it out tomorrow, as well as this podcast will be on all of the mediums. And with that, I will sign off. Until then, Minasan, Jane. じゃあねー。